The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many to serve when the victory is near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win. Explain those badlands. That's a hell of a name. This is a big deal. The whole world is watching. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out. I was there 17 times in Washington, D.C. And then you see the pollsters are saying that could have made a 17-point difference. They said I was down 17 points. And pollsters say that we would have brought an additional 17 points to our already record-setting election. And we had more than 17,000 new factories open up for news for the first time ever anywhere. The 45th president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Something happening here. We, the citizens of America, 
are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. During the pandemic, uh, the QAnon movement has been, appears to be gaining a lot of followers. Can you talk about what you think about that and what you have to say to people who are following this movement right now? Well, I don't know much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much. And we have an army, as a, as a soldier and as a, as a general, as a retired general, we have an army of digital soldiers. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention now to the microphone behind home plate. And please welcome one of America's premier entertainers, Grammy Award winner, Lee Greenwood. And I had to start again Just my children and my wife Thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, 
Detroit down to Houston and New York to LA. Well, there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say, that I'm proud to be an American, who at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who Forget the men who died, who gave their rights to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless. God bless the USA indeed, and welcome, friends, to episode number 103 of Eye of the Storm. As you can tell, we are Sansa Joe. We are we are Joeless this evening. Joe is uh, taking some much-needed family time. If there's anybody in this movement that deserves some family time and a couple days away, I would say it is the one and only Stormy Patriot Joe. So, Joe, hope you're enjoying yourself, man. Not the same without you, but going to try to do a little justice in your stead. Uh, tonight, instead of the usual format, we're going to be doing an America First special. So I'm going to be playing some of the Better America First segments that we've had here on the show. And this was something requested by the fans. So hopefully some of you guys out there are going to be pretty happy with what we've got coming here tonight on this episode. But first and foremost, the first thing I want to do is thank all of you for joining us here this evening. As always, you guys are absolutely positively the best and we could not do this without you. Secondly, I want to ask you guys to please go down there and smash that like button for us. It is the number one metric that Rumble uses to play shows amongst the leaderboard. And you guys have gotten us within or in the top 10 uh, each and every show for the last six, seven weeks now. So thank you guys very much. You are the best. So second, second order of business here. We want to thank you guys for supporting our advertising partners because without them, there is no Badlands and there would be no Eye of the Storm. So we're going to take a quick moment to hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to dive right into some America first best of my friends. So hang with us. We'll be right back. Hello, Badlanders. We constantly talk about health and different ways to help. And we get many questions about ivermectin and where to get it. That's why we've partnered with EZRX. They have a huge selection of meds at badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX, or you can click in the description box below and use the promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your order of $150 or more. EZRX not only has a huge selection, but also quality assurance, big savings, and fast shipping. If you're looking for ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or fenbenazole, then head that way today. 
Don't forget about fenbenazole, friends. They've tested fenbenazole on worms or parasites that can live inside of us without obvious signs and can lead to complications from bowel obstruction to loss of appetite, loss of weight, anemia, lung infection, and liver congestion. Fenbenazole also seems to have different qualities in that some people have stated it helped them in certain areas with cancer as well. Here's a clip to remind us of what has happened when people take fenbenazole. Research that once you have wide metastasis, small cell lung cancer, you're literally a goner. The zero percent chance of survival and three to six months life expectancy, and I was basically told to go home and get my affairs in order and think about hospice. And the next day, I got a call from a large animal veterinarian in western Oklahoma, who's a college friend and family friend, and he told me this crazy story about a scientist at Merck on the veterinary side who has been doing cancer research on mice, and she had hundreds of mice that she had implanted cancers in all their body parts, brain, stomach, liver, pancreas, etc. And her mouse population came down with intestinal parasites, and so she had no choice but to save her research. She gave her all of her mice fenbendazole. If you went out to any zoo in the world, they bring in fenbendazole truckload, front-end loader, head-high piles in bays because they give that drug to every single animal in the animal kingdom. And one of the oldest and safest drugs around, right? Yeah, it's been around for 40 years. To get your ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, fenbenazole, and more today, head on over to badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX, that's E-A-S-Y-R-X, and use the promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your order of $150 or more. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX, promo code BADLANDS. Welcome back, friends, and one more time, thank you guys so much for your support of not only us, but Badlands and our advertising partners as well. So as I said at the top of the show, we're going to be doing an America First special this evening. I asked the chat the other night what you guys would prefer, America First, or Q and Review, and the resounding answer, well, not resounding answer, but it seemed that America First won out. So we're going to spend an evening uh, highlighting some of our better America First segments from the show. And first and foremost, we're going to lead off with the one and only Captain uh, Seth Keschel, who was the first America First uh, uh, feature on on this segment. So uh, without further ado, here we go with America First, Captain Keschel. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And today's America First feature is Captain Seth Keschel. Uh, many of you out there are aware by now that I've been editing this dude's videos for over the past year now. Uh, we did a series on Rumble called The Battlegrounds where we went in and looked at a bunch of different counties from the 2020 election. And Seth um, is kind of known as the Dean of Data, like he's one of the leading figures in the fight for election integrity. Um, there's not much concerning the data or numbers around elections that Seth can't tell you. Uh, he really is one of the smartest dudes I've ever been around. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Real S. Keschel. You can follow him on True Social, the same, at Real S. Keschel. Telegram is t.me slash Real S. Keschel. You can also go to captaink.com, that's C-A-P-T-K.com, uh, to find out more about him and events he has coming up. And he has a fantastic substack as well. It's skeschel.substack.com. And if you want to see the series that he and I have done, that's rumble.com, the battlegrounds. Um, and so I've I've had the opportunity to work with Seth for a little over the past year now, man. It's been pretty crazy. He, um, you know, obviously started out working for him. It's kind of turned into a thing where he and I have actually become uh, friends. He's a really good dude. He's one of the better dudes I've met in the movement. Um, and he literally, I, I don't know when Seth takes a day off. Like, it's just all about fighting for election integrity for him. Uh, so I've got a couple of videos here to play. And without further ado, I'm going to get to the first one. This is, uh, I wanted to play this because Seth is actually a really funny dude. I don't know how many people are aware of that, but Seth is a hilarious dude. And this is his take on electile dysfunction. Enjoy, friends. 
Now that is our goal, is to end, is to end the national pandemic, which I call electile dysfunction. Do you guys want a definition? Because Clay's going to rush me out of here in 10 minutes, but I'll give you a definition. Disclaimer, I am not a medical professional. Electile dysfunction is when you have difficulty maintaining an election. Hold on. Or when your election lasts for longer than four days. Hold on. Not done yet, not done yet. There are some side effects and symptoms that are present. The first one is a sudden, severe, and noticeable loss of interest in voting. And finally, in the most severe cases, like you might find in Washington, D.C., or in Arizona, premature inauguration. So there you have Seth's description of electile dysfunction. That's going to take me right into uh, the other video I'm going to show, showing some of Seth Keschel's work. Um, and this is incredibly relevant because every Tuesday night, Joe, you and I talk about Arizona and Carrie Lake and Janae Champ. So I figured what better time to play the Battlegrounds uh, episode, mini episode, really. It's like five and a half minutes long um, of the Arizona State Review of the 2020 election and Seth showing uh, the irregularities that he found in voter margin and trends and all this. So sit back and enjoy this one, folks. It's kind of this video shows why Joe and I always highlight Arizona because Arizona really is the epicenter almost of of all this exposure going on with election integrity. So Arizona is one of the most reliable Republican states in modern political history. The state was won by Harry Truman, a Democrat in 1948 and in 1952 voted for Dwight D. Eisenhower and stayed Republican in every election through 2016 with the exception of 1996. The state classifies as Republican, meaning it was won by Mitt Romney in 2012 and won again by Donald Trump in 2016, but by a smaller margin than Romney's. The 2020 census reports a population over 7.1 million, up nearly 760,000 since 2010. In 2004, George W. Bush carried Arizona by 10.5 points. At the time of the election, the Republicans held a 5.3% registration advantage over the Democrats. Bush's margin in terms of total votes is just over 210,000 over John Kerry. In 2008, Arizona and John McCain is at the top of the Republican ticket, and he gains nearly 126,000 votes over George W. Bush in the state. Barack Obama is up about 140,000 votes over John Kerry. The registration index has dwindled for the Republican Party, two points in favor of Democrats, indicating that it would be a tighter Republican margin, and it was. Barack Obama shaves two points off of the Republican margin in losing the state in 2008. 344,000 net new registered voters came on the rolls from 2004 to 2008 as the state grew tremendously. In 2012, Mitt Romney has almost no gain over John McCain, but Barack Obama's popularity has dwindled and he loses over 9,000 votes in the state. 
registrations tick back two points towards the Republicans, indicating a larger Republican win in favor of Romney. And that is what occurred with a nine point Republican margin of victory. 127,000 net new registered voters came on the rolls, including a large loss of net Democrats. With Donald Trump at the top of the ticket in 2016 in a serious John McCain feud present, Trump has almost no gain as well, up just 19,000 votes over Romney. Hillary Clinton has a gain of 136,000 votes in the state. Registrations ticked a little over a point in favor of Democrats, indicating a tighter Republican margin. Thanks to Trump's issues in Arizona with the McCain family and other moderate Republicans, he wins the state by only three and a half points. There were 464,000 net new registered voters added to the rolls. 119,000 of those were Republican, 138,000 Democrat. The Republican Party of Concern has topped out in their vote gaining. The last three elections have all shown the Republican candidate within a 22,000 vote window. A similar window for Trump would fail to put him even over 1.3 million votes in 2020. With the trends in the state and the trends in Maricopa County, the third largest county in America, 2020 could be a concern for Republicans. Instead, Donald Trump comes in at 1.66 million votes, an incredible gain of 409,000 votes, the largest gain in one single election for any Republican in this Republican stronghold lost only once since 1948. Democrat gains have been limited generally within 140,000 votes of gain. A similar vote gain for Biden would put him around 1.3 million as a best case scenario. Of concern is registrations, now one point in favor of Democrats with 693,000 net new registered voters on the rolls, a very suspicious total for a small state. 269,000 registrations are Republican, an incredible number dwarfing any recent Republican gains. But Democrat gains are also dwarfing their own gains at 287,000 net, with a reasonable forecast for Biden at 1.3 million votes. He comes in at 1.67 million votes, just over 10,000 higher than Donald Trump to become the first Democrat since 1996 to carry the state, only the second Democrat victory since 1948. His margin of victory is less than half a point. Had he come in at the expected 1.31 million votes, Donald Trump would have carried the state by a very comfortable 11.5% minimum. Statewide map in red are the counties that are most statistically disparate, indicating election fraud. In yellow, moderately disparate. And in light green, those counties tracked with voter registration, suggesting a larger Republican margin or a decreased Republican margin of defeat but still show signs of election fraud. Broken down at the precinct level, we have a very telling picture, especially in reservations in Northeast Arizona. Maricopa County, Pima County, and Coconino County, all with significant metro areas, have major evidence of election fraud present, statistically speaking. For the 15 counties, a listing of Biden votes versus expected Biden votes show a disparity of 362,000 plus votes, meaning Joe Biden, by all reasonable forecasts in most lenient estimations, has 362,000 extra votes in Arizona. Had those been deducted from his column based on Trump's vote gains and also registrations present in all counties, Arizona would have been a comfortable Trump win at 11.5 percent. 
In closing, Joe Biden's certified victory is at 0.3% over Donald Trump, even though Trump, the Republican, has record performances in a Republican stronghold. A realistic conclusion for the race in Arizona in 2020, which showed Trump winning the state by 11.5%, capped off by his dominating Republican performance in Maricopa County, his conversion of working-class Hispanics, and all-time Republican records throughout a reliable Republican stronghold. This is Captain Seth Keschel in the Captain's Battlegrounds. So that's that's kind of and there's like 150 plus of those where Seth focuses on different counties and different states overall. Um, and he and I have been working on that for the past year and a half. He digs up all the data, puts it together on a, a slide on Mac and basically sends me um, all of that is on a basically a, a green screen. And then I remove everything. And so everything else you see is is my touch on it. Um, so, yeah, Seth Keschel is our America first uh, uh, our American for America first focus today. There we go, friends. That was our America First segment on Seth Keschel. I believe that was episode number 35, maybe. I'd have to go uh, double check. But um, that was our first America First feature on Eye the Storm, and it was indeed Captain Seth Keschel. So moving along, uh, we're going to get into a fan favorite next, and that would be the one and only senator from Iowa, uh, Chuck Grassley. And as Q says, trust Grassley. So let's go ahead and have a look at Chuck Grassley, America First, from Eye the Storm, my friends. And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me Since we started our Friday episode, friends, we have been doing an America First segment every week and we've featured people like uh, Captain Seth, Seth Keschel, Anna Paulina Luna, uh, Byron Donalds, uh, Jim Jordan, and this week we are featuring Senator Chuck Grassley, U.S. Senator from Iowa. Quite frankly, Joe, I apologize. I'm a little disappointed in myself that Chuck Grassley wasn't our first America First guy, given his uh, ties to the Q drops. Um, Senator Grassley is a ranking member of the Committee of the Budget, a member of the Committee on Agriculture, member of Committee on Finance, a member of Committee on the Judiciary. He is pro-life and a staunch Second Amendment supporter. He is a tr staunch Trump supporter. He likes corn, and you should definitely trust him. Um, Chuck Grassley is, uh, Joe, you and I talked about as we were talking last week about, you know, uh, term limits and ages of some of these guys. And the stark contrast between somebody like Grassley and, and Biden. Grassley is in his mid 80s dude and he's um he doesn't talk as fast as he used to but he's he's as sharp as attack man um and he's always just driven this america first agenda he's a politician i've always kind of liked um total fan of his so let's go ahead and take a look at this short video clip i got of his he's um basically questioning the 1023s and the fbi and uh, just doing what he does man just uh, he does this every day this is just a small example of what grassley does up there on the hill let's have a look that they made public last week this is a 1023 that Director Ray refused to admit existed until I and Chairman Comer told him that we had read the document. The FBI provided a highly redacted version to the House Committee on Oversight and in the process ignored the Senate access to that document. That version redacted references to the alleged 
audio recordings between then Vice President Biden, Hunter Biden, and the foreign national. It also redacted references to text messages and financial records that allegedly existed to prove the criminal act was done. Those redactions are an obstructive conduct by the United States. Why? Because this was an unclassified document. It's not even marked law enforcement sensitive. And by the way, the Justice Department and FBI leaks exposed sources well before the 1023 became public. Now there's been allegations in the media that this 1023 consists of unverified information. That didn't stop the media's breathless reporting for years about the unverified and very famous. So that was uh, Chuck talking, of course, about Russiagate stuff and smears against Trump. Um, and that was kind of his his polite way of saying they're all retards. Like nobody over there knows what they're doing. Uh, Chuck is awesome, man. I love Chuck Grassley. And um, we have a little we're, we're doing really well on time. So I wanted to roll this, too. I, I, Joe, I shared this with you ages ago, man. But um, Chuck Grassley reminds me a lot of this guy. I appeared before the Congressional Committee, the highest representation of the American people under subpoena to tell what I knew of activities, which I believe might lead to an attempt to set up a fascist dictatorship. The plan as outlined to me was to form an organization of veterans, to use as a bluff or as a club at least, to intimidate the government and break down our democratic institutions. The upshot of the whole thing was that I was supposed to lead an organization of 500,000 men which would be able to take over the functions of government. I talked with an investigator for this committee who came to me with a subpoena on Sunday, November 18th. He told me they had unearthed evidence linking my name with several such veteran organizations. As it then seemed to me to be getting serious, I felt it was my duty to tell all I knew of such activities to this committee. My main interest in all this is to preserve our democratic institutions. I want to retain the right to vote, the right to speak freely, and the right to write. If we maintain these basic principles, our democracy is safe. No dictatorship can exist with suffrage, freedom of speech, and press. So, uh, you know, I always, number one, the resemblance is is kind of striking to me. Uh, Number two, the voice is is pretty dead on, but they're both really America first. In the case of, of Butler, if you're not aware... A dude is one of the highest ranking generals ever, and he was approached by uh, a bunch of coup plotters, almost like what we saw, you know, J6 kind of stuff, right? Except we know who really pulled a coup off there, and that coup happened on Election Day. Um, But they approached Smedley Butler, like, to be the general of this coup that was going to overthrow the White House and install a dictator. Um, And they approached the wrong dude because he, like, rang the whistle or blew the whistle and um, was like, no, not today. And very much the same as, as Grassley. So they just kind of remind me of each other. And, um, you know, Chuck Grassley is, is 
one of the pure ones, man. He's in there fighting for America every day. Uh, so that was that was our America first for the day. Um, Joe, what, what do you have to say about uh, Chuck Grassley? No, like you pointed out, uh, Q made it really, really strong. Follow Grassley, trust Grassley, and uh, everything that he does around uh, the corn uh, kind of swerves into the deep state and the CIA and the FBI and, and all these three-letter agencies that we, we are totally uh, taking apart, uh, you know, taking the shaft off the corn, if you will. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Q put us in the right direction with him, and uh, I've been following him uh, closely ever since. And that was Senator Chuck Grassley in our America First feature here on Eye of the Storm. And I want to ask you folks real quick, please go down there and hit that like button if you are indeed watching. I thank you guys so much for joining us. Well, me here tonight, but Joe's always here in spirit. Hope you guys are enjoying this America First special so far. You know, to add on about Grassley, um, I've been asked a couple times recently. Uh, he he's voted uh, kind of a, what would what would seem to be against America first interest a couple of times recently. I thought about for a second and what what that ultimately meant. And um, <clears throat> also through talking with with just human and we spoke about this, uh, the episode he was on as well. But you have to ask yourself um, all these times that Grassley has seemingly voted against us, as it were. They were all dead votes that were dead in the water that were going to go nowhere. That, that was never going to pass. So his vote was essentially useless. And uh, that was a really good perspective for me to start taking it from. In other words, what did he? Uh, what did he get from these folks? What, what did he get from these people uh, in exchange for his yes on a vote that he knew would be useless because the bill being voted on was going to go nowhere anyway? So just something to mull over. I still stand by my stance that Chuck Grassley is 100% America first and is playing a way larger role than many people are aware. So uh, we're going to move on now to another one, uh, another fan favorite of everybody's, and that would be. Uh, the one and only congressman from Ohio, Jim Jordan, who is nothing short of a spitfire on the hill. So let's go ahead and hear and see Jim Jordan from America First on Eye of the Storm. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And today's America First segment is going to be featuring Jim Jordan from Ohio. Um, so here, Jim Jordan, most of you are aware he's a member of the House of Representatives. He, he represents Ohio's 4th District. He is a founding member of the Freedom Caucus, which Q mentioned quite a few times. And Joe and I have uh, made sure to impress upon you folks why the Freedom Caucus is important. Um, he's also a former ranking member of the House Oversight Committee. He is the House Judiciary Committee chairman currently. Uh, most of us are well aware he is a staunch supporter of Donald Trump. And since I'm a grappler myself, I just felt the need to point out that the dude was a, also a former Division I college wrestler. He was actually a national champion in college as well and was the Ohio State wrestling coach for, I think, 11 or 12 years. Um, and us grapplers like to make a joke that if you look at somebody's ears and they're all cauliflowered up, that's kind of like one of nature's warning signs, like a rattle on a rattlesnake or a coral snake. You look at his ears, they're all kind of toughed up. So I actually would like to see Jim Jordan like legit in, in a wrestling circle or on the mats with, with some of these folks uh, we can't stand. So um, I've put together a video with three different clips from Jim Jordan. Uh, Joe, is there anything you want to say about him before I play the clips or do you want to go ahead and watch and then speak on it after the fact? No, just I, I hear that it never lost. And that's that tells you how awesome he was, because, you know, if you're if you're wrestling, somebody just happens to get leverage on you, gets a limb, you know, it's over. But I, I think he was undefeated from what I remember. 
He was um, two years in a row, actually. When uh, he won the national championship two years in a row, um, he's he was a really good wrestler. Um, and so these three clips that I put together into one video. Um, in the first one, Jim Jordan is discussing um, how even the Obama DOJ knew that the Biden family were criminals and corrupt. Uh, the second one, he's on uh, on with Maria, and she asks him how he feels, or would he be a fan of. Um, another opening a new investigation into the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation. And in the third one, he just kind of drops bombs all over Jack Smith. So um, I put all three of these together. Uh, it's a couple minutes long, but it kind of shows, uh, you know, what Jim Jordan is. If you're unaware of him, he's kind of a pit bull. Um, he he speaks the truth. He's he's never wavered from Trump's side. He's um, he's pro-life. He's, you know, completely anti-trans, all this stuff. Like he is um, one of my favorite politicians in the country. So let's go ahead and have a look at this video, friends. But in the big picture, always come back and remember, suspicious activity reports. And the key word in there is suspicious. Mm -hmm. It's not activity reports. It's suspicious activity reports that our government, our Treasury Department, put together 170 of them. And some of those reports, Larry, came from the Obama-Biden Treasury Department during that administration. So you got 170 of those that Chairman Comer and the committee have looked at. You have thousands of pages of banking records that Chairman Comer has subpoenaed from four banks. Those all point to the creation of 20 different LLCs out there associated with the Biden family, receiving, as you said, tens of millions of dollars from these foreign entities. Those $10 million were then given to all kinds of members of the Biden family, Joe's brother, his, the president's brother, his son, his sister-in-law, his, his daughter-in-law, all kinds of folks getting money. And the fundamental question always comes down to this. What did they do? Mm -hmm. What was the business? Right. What was the service they provided? What value did they add? What did they actually, no one knows what the business was. So that to me is the big picture sense. And all this complexity, moving money around and all these different banks, that's why there's 170 suspicious activity reports. The complexity, as Ms. May said today in the press conference, the complexity was by design, designed to confuse people Again, it's what motivated the Treasury Department, even in the Obama-Biden administration, to come up with these suspicious but activity I, reports. I, Do you want to see another investigation of Hillary and Bill Clinton? Because in the Durham report, uh, John Durham wrote that while they were pursuing Trump, they made no effort to investigate the claim that Hillary Clinton was taking money from foreigners for her Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation. They not only did investigate her like they did President Trump, they gave her campaign a defensive briefing. Right. They, they should have done the same for President Trump because they literally had no evidence. So we're going to talk with our lawyers. We're going to talk with Speaker McCarthy on where we proceed from, from here. In fact, are there people that were, that were highlighted in the Durham investigation and the Durham report that we need to talk to on the Judiciary Committee? We're going to give that a good hard look. But nothing is off the table because it is critical the American people understand how okay. their government, their agencies have been turned on them, the taxpayer, and we get yeah. all the facts out there. So, again, I think this just underscores how political this whole thing is. Jack Smith, I mean, you know how political it is when they selected Jack Smith as a special counsel. I actually said in a deposition with Jack Smith, we deposed him on May 29, 2014, because he was looking to prosecute people who were targeted by Obama's IRS, people Lois Lerner was going after. Sir, we actually, we actually had you to can depose keep talking Jack Smith, about this. I want to talk Garland about the picks. substance of this indictment. I want to talk about the alleged obstruction in the indictment. Again, what the standard is. <laughs> Told you time and time again what the standard is. I love Jim. He doesn't care, man. So again, 
Today's America First uh, feature was Representative Jim Jordan out of the 4th District of Ohio. Um, I'm pretty sure most of us, if not all of us, are a fan of his. Uh, appreciate all you do for the country. Appreciate you always having President Trump's back and, uh, you know, hopefully has, uh, you know, a longer career and can help um, continue to help save America, man. Um, would like to see maybe see him in a cabinet position in, in Trump 2.0. That'd be pretty nice. Joe, what are your uh, thoughts on Jim Jordan? Yeah, I got some good friends in Ohio and and they say that, you know, he's really, really respected there. So um, as you pointed out in that slide, you know, Q pointed to the Freedom Caucus as really the start of the plan. So that really predates Trump being president. The Freedom Caucus was formed in 2015 and and Jim Jordan was one of those members. So, um, you know, Trump loves him. Q loves him. Freedom Caucus. My friends in Ohio tell me he's really respected. So uh, those are a lot of good things lined up in a row. Yeah, definitely. I have a friend in Ohio as well. Says the same thing. Um, you know, there's sometimes some of these folks, they can get up to a national level and kind of become nationally recognized. And uh, but you find out kind of behind closed doors back in their own state. You're like, now that dude's a piece of shit. Like um, I remember when when Madison Cawthorn was kind of catching fire and people were starting to appreciate him and, and, and you know, push him. And um, I live in North Carolina and I'm like, mm, you might want to hold off. You might want to just watch a little bit. I wouldn't get so excited about this dude. Um, but so when you hear from, from multiple folks who live in Ohio and, uh, you hear the respect that Jim Jordan has there, it's a good sign for, for where he really stands and what's really, um, in his heart as far as value goes. So again, Jim Jordan, this week's America first. And there we go with Jim Jordan, my friends. Uh, I know many of you out there are a huge fan of his, uh, as are myself and Joe and just about everybody involved with Eye of the Storm. Man, we love the guy. And like I said in the video there, would absolutely love to see him slam down some sort of cabinet position. Uh, with the Trump admin 2.0. So moving along to the next American First segment that I'm going to showcase tonight uh, is going to be none other than Tucker Carlson. And you'll notice in this clip, I clearly did it before he interviewed uh, Vladimir Putin, president of Russia. Um, but nonetheless, still some straight fire here from our friend Tucker Carlson. So let's have a look at Tucker Carlson's America First segment on Eye of the Storm. And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And tonight's America First feature is Tucker Carlson. I know many of you out there are a fan of him. I'm a fan of him. Joe, I'm pretty sure you're a fan of his, uh, seeing as how there was no objections to, to running him on America First tonight. Um, Tucker Carlson, most of you are well aware, he's a conservative journalist, former Fox News anchor, former mainstream media anchor to show uh, first and mainstream media anchor to show like real J6 footage. You know, he's one of the first ones to show the QAnon shaman actually getting basically a tour around the Capitol. Uh, he's spoken of election fraud, COVID-19 truth. His views on election fraud are reportedly what got him shit canned from Fox as part of the settlement deal with Dominion. Uh, he was the highest rated anchor on cable television at the time he was let go. He is pro Second Amendment. He's against abortion. He is a uh, staunch Donald Trump supporter. Uh, Joe, before I roll this, this little video I put together of Tucker um, being basically full blooded American for four minutes. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tucker? You got anything else to add? No, it was just like he was uh, he was taking a bunch of heat. And then lo and behold, you, you saw him at the Trump uh, golf course laughing it up with Donald Trump and that, that whole screenshot of, of uh, Tucker. And uh, I think Don Jr. was there and Trump himself and Tucker all laughing it up. Kind of, kind of was a nice little wink and a nod that uh, Tucker Tucker's in, 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 uh, in the right spot. So let's, let's see what happens here and uh, let's see what, what, what goes forward. 
Agreed, man. And uh, I've got a video here. I took a couple different videos of Tucker speaking at the Turning Point USA conference um, and put them together. Um, keep your ears out because he does he does drop a 17 in here as well in reference to the Bible at that. So let's have a let's have a listen to Tucker Carlson, friends. Their response was the tell. If you want to know what they care about, if you want to know what's important, listen to how they respond when you say something unapproved about it. So if you were to, I don't know, write a post on Facebook tonight and say, I think Papua New Guinea is the most powerful nation in the world, you would get not a single response other than someone's been smoking weed again. No one would care. It's like demonstrably untrue. That's why the flat earth people have been able to cruise beneath the radar for so long. Because they're, and by the way, I'm not discounting that possibility for the record in case any are here. Because I am an open-minded man. Present me the evidence of its flatness and I will amplify it. But the point is, when something is clearly or very likely untrue, it poses no threat to anyone. What's scary and what will elicit a response are true things. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. Actual crimes, like burning down buildings, impoverishing people, starting totally counterproductive wars we can't win that kill a lot of our citizens, leaving the border open so 7 million people can walk across. Those are not small things. That's like... It's not all like forgetting to fold your napkin correctly at Thanksgiving. Those are like actually kind of world historic crimes. Never punished. What are the crimes that are punished? Thought crimes. Thinking the wrong thing. Having the wrong beliefs. Saying unapproved words. And those words are always true. And why were they so mad? Like, why did they take the bus from Tennessee to go jump up and down in front of the Capitol? Like, something probably had better things to do. And then maybe if they think that the election wasn't fair, we will sit them down in a very calm, rational way and be like, I get it. We said that Biden won by 81 million votes. That's 15 million more than Barack Obama. It seems like a lot, considering he didn't campaign and he can't talk. Um, but, you know, there was just something about him. It was that magic. And, you know, maybe you didn't feel it. It's like pistachio ice cream. It's not a flavor for everybody. But the people who like it really like it. 81 million. So settle down. And by the way, we have the source code in the voting machine software. And we've looked at it. And it's totally on the level. We've double checked. We wouldn't let like an electronic voting machine hide their software from us. Like, never do that. And the Dropbox is like totally monitored by law enforcement. And every person who voted had to prove he was who he said he was with a government-issued ID. Like, settle down. And I would have said, fair enough, because I want to believe in our elections. Who doesn't? And in fact, the people at the Capitol on January 6th are exactly the ones who most want to believe in our elections. And they said, but what Ukraine really needs, and I say this as a Christian leader, is more cluster bombs. And I thought, oh, you know who it was. And I thought to myself, more cluster bombs. Now, I am not a Bible scholar. But I'm pretty sure, having read four out of four Gospels, that like Luke 17 doesn't call for shower cluster bombs on the children. In fact, 
I'm just going to go out on a limb as a non-theologian and say the overriding message of the New Testament is bring peace. And this person, because that's what it says, and this person with a straight face got almost weepy at the prospect that the government that's imprisoning Christians doesn't have enough missiles and tanks, which is, you know, maybe it's a you know, fair position. It's not a legitimate position for a self-described Christian leader to have. It's just not. I'm sorry. That's disgusting. So Tucker Carlson, our America First feature this evening, man. Um, love Tucker. Love his snark. I love the the shade being thrown. Well, you know what? It wasn't even shade. He was dropping limbs all over the Biden administration. I just love it, man. Uh, nothing. Yeah, I, I'm just a big Tucker fan, kind of borderline homer about Tucker. So uh, that was America First for this evening, friends. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Joe, anything else to add before we scoot on into the Q review? Just uh, interesting timing. You had picked up uh, Tucker as America first, uh, you know, a few days ago. And then today's news dropped that supposedly uh, Trump will be skipping the debate and being on Tucker show instead. So uh, awesome timing on your part as always. And there we have the Tucker Carlson America first segment from a few months back on this, uh, this show here, Eye of the Storm. Hope you folks are enjoying this episode so far this evening. I want to thank you guys again so much for joining us tonight. And uh, thank you guys always for your feedback, for your rants, for your love, for your support. You guys really are awesome. And I want to ask you guys, oh, you know, damn near beg you to go down there and hit that like button for us. Hit that little thumbs up down there. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to move on here. And the next America First segment we're going to take a look at is uh, is one that's very close to my own heart because he represents uh, the state that I'm from, which is North Carolina. And he is running for governor this year. So um, hopefully we get to see this gentleman in the governor's mansion this time next year in the great state of North Carolina. So let's have a look at America First, Mark Robinson. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. So our first, our first feature here on America First on Eye of the Storm is going to be uh, North Carolina Governor, or I'm sorry, North North Carolina Lieutenant Governor uh, Mark Robinson, who is relatively new to the political scene. He kind of came up in 2019. I'm going to play a video in a second, a speech many of you are probably really familiar with. It's kind of where he got his start. He, he did exactly what we were just talking about, local action, creating a national impact. He spoke up at a city council meeting in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, where they were having a gun debate. Uh, and, you know, it was it was on the table at the time, I believe, or at least being floated around to ban assault weapons and uh, ban long guns and things like that. Um, and he spoke up and that's kind of where he got his name and got known for. And uh, as we take a look here, we see he assumed office as lieutenant governor of North Carolina on January 9th, 2021. He is uh, the governor is Roy Cooper, boo. And he was preceded by Dan Forrest. Uh, Mark Robinson also served in the Army. He was in the United States Army Reserve from 1985 to 1989. And he has been a staunch America First supporter since he burst onto the scene. And he's also uh, has not strayed from Donald Trump's side one bit. So let's go ahead and take a look at this video uh, that I was just speaking of from the city council meeting. I believe this was in 2019, a Greensboro city council meeting. Uh, they were meeting about gun control. This is straight fire. Enjoy this, friends. I've heard a whole lot of people in here talking tonight about this group and that group and domestic violence and blacks, these minorities and that minority. What I want to know is, when are you all going to start standing up for the majority? And here's who the majority is. I'm the majority. I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anybody, never committed a serious crime, never committed a felony. 
I've never done anything like that. But it seems like every time we have one of these shootings, nobody wants to blame, put the blame where it goes, which is at the shooter's feet. You want to put it at my feet. You want to turn around and restrict my right, constitutional right that's spelled out in black and white. You want to restrict my right to buy a firearm and protect myself from some of the very people you're talking about in here tonight. It's ridiculous. I don't think Rod Serling could come up with a better script. It does not make any sense. The law-abiding citizens of this community and many communities around this country, we're the first ones taxed and the last ones considered and the first ones punished when things like this happens because our rights are the ones that are being taken away. That's the reason why I came down here today, gun show or no gun show, NRA or no NRA. I'm here to stand up for the law-abiding citizens of this community because I'm going to tell you that what's going to happen. You can take the guns away from us all you want to. You all write a law, I follow the law, I'll bring my guns down here, I'll turn them in. But here's what's going to happen. The Crips and the Bloods on the other side of town, they're not going to turn their guns in. They're going to hold on to them. And what's going to happen when you have to send the police down there to go take it? The police can barely enforce the law as it is. That's what I see. We demonize the police, criminalize and, and, and vilify the police, and we make the criminals into victims. And we're talking about restricting guns? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that when the police department's already hamstrung? You're not going to be able to go down here and take these guns from these criminals. So the criminals are going to hold on to their guns. They're still going to have them. They're still going to break in my house, and they're still going to shoot me with them. And guess who's going to be the one that suffers? It's going to be me. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, it is not going to happen without a fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean shots fired. I don't mean fists thrown. I mean I'm going to come down here to this city council and raise hell just like these loonies from the left do until you listen to the majority of the people in this city. And I am the majority. The majority of the people in this city are law-abiding, and they follow the law, and they want their constitutional right to be able to bear, to bear arms. They want to be able to gun go to the gun show and buy a hunting rifle or a sport, or sport rifle. There are no military-grade weapons sold, showed, uh, sold at the uh, gun show. An AR-15 is not a military-grade weapon. Anybody that would go into combat with an AR-15 is a fool. It's a semi-automatic 22 rifle. You'd be killed in 15 minutes in combat with that thing. So we need to dispel all these myths, and we need to drop all this, all this division that we got going on here. Because the bottom line is, when that Second Amendment was written, whether the framers liked it or not, they wrote it for everybody. And I am everybody. And the Lord Biden citizens of this city are everybody. And we want our rights, and we want to keep our rights. And by God, we're going to keep them, come hell or high water. I know it wasn't a cue proof, but I feel like this is called for, Joe. And that that's where he got his start. He went and spoke at a city council meeting uh, and he's he's got a lot of support here in North Carolina. I'm going to go ahead and go to the next video of his I've gotten. This was, uh, I think, last week or the week before, man. And like I said, he has not strayed one bit from President Trump's side. Let's go ahead and hear what Mark Robinson had to say last week. Indeed, this nation needs a fighter, someone who is willing to go on to the world stage 
walking boldly, strongly, waving the American flag, saying the Americans are here and we are in charge again. And we're going to lead this world into the future with freedom. That's what America needs. And that is why on this stage today, I am endorsing Donald J. Trump as the president of the United States of America in 2024. Because now, doggone it, is the time for warriors to stand up and get it done. I don't think I'm alone in saying I really, I really hope and pray this dude can become our first black president one day. <laughs> first. <laughs> Um, so just to let folks who live in North Carolina who may not be aware, uh, just to let you guys know, he has decided he's running for governor next year in 2024. Uh, he will be going up against Attorney General Josh Stein, who announced his plans to run last month as well. And early polling is showing Mark Robinson out in front. So as a North Carolinian, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for standing up for our rights as a as a gun owner in North Carolina. I want to double thank you for standing up for our rights. Uh, and you've got my vote in 2024, sir. So that was our uh, first look at an America first uh, politician or whatever, making a difference in this country. Um, and he, you know, was super outspoken during COVID against what Cooper was doing. He's been super outspoken against a lot of stuff in this state and has helped uh, lead to some changes already, man. So hopefully we can get him in there in 2024 and uh, get North Carolina back on, on the proper track. We made we made good way in November and we've seen some resu results of that already in this state, such as voter ID becoming a law. Now you won't be able to vote in 2024 without an ID in North Carolina, which is huge. Um, so kudos to Mark Robinson. And welcome back, friends. And that was Mark Robinson from North Carolina. Really, really, really hope that dude becomes our governor uh, come November, man. That would just be uh, top of the hill for me, man. It would it would be uh, absolutely awesome. So real quick, my friends, thank you guys so much for joining me this evening. Uh, thank you guys so much for your support and love of Eye of the Storm. I want to take a quick moment hear a word from a couple more of our sponsors. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to have a look at Byron Donalds from Florida. He will be the next America First segment I'm going to show. So hang with us, friends. We'll be right back after a word from a couple sponsors. Are you concerned about the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election? The Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue. The looming decision on extending tax cuts is scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts, while the Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not, there's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join the thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry, supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial future to chance. Act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at BadlandsGold.com and take control of your financial destiny. One more time, friends, that's BadlandsGold.com. Attention, Badlanders. In the heart of Malmo, Minnesota, a remarkable family-led team at Beamish Metalworks is crafting not just metal art, but personalized, timeless masterpieces. 
Beamish Metalworks is a is in a class of its own, pioneering metal on wood creations. Imagine a piece of art that's not confined by generic designs, but is a narrative of your persona, your memories, or your dreams. From the elegance of an office centerpiece to the wild spirit of hunting and fishing scenes, your imagination is the only limit. Dive into the realm of endless possibilities with Beamish customization, where your space becomes a reflection of you with the distinct vibe that only Beamish Metalworks can offer. Beamish Metalworks proudly supports local heroes and events from veteran fundraisers to law enforcement gatherings, embedding ourselves as a pillar of support and gratitude. Visit Beamish Metalworks today at badlandsmedia.tv slash metalart and use the promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your one-of-a-kind purchase. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash metalart, promo code BADLANDS. And welcome back, my friends. Thank you guys one more time for your support of our advertising partners. And thank you guys for joining us this evening on episode number 103 of Eye of the Storm. My, my, it's it's grown so quickly, hadn't it? Uh, before the break there, I said our next segment was going to be uh, Representative Byron Donalds from the great state of Florida. So let's go ahead and have a look at the Byron Donalds America First segment from Eye of the Storm. Proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, but I won't forget So, friends, Byron Donalds represents Florida's 18th district, or is it 19th? I believe it's 19th. I got the graphic pulling up right now, friends. Here we go. Boom. Byron Donalds, Florida's 18th district, represents uh, – I'm sorry, it is the 19th. I forgot to fix a typo there. Womp, womp. Uh, he is a member of the Freedom, Comp, uh, Freedom Caucus, which we have touched upon many times on this show already. Q mentioned the Freedom Caucus often. He rejected the electors from Pennsylvania and Arizona in the 2020 election. He's a member of the Committee of Financial Services and a member of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability, and he has not wavered one bit in his support of Donald Trump or getting rid of the communist regime, which is currently in the White House. Um, we're going to have a quick little look here at him dropping some red pills on Mark Levin, friends. Uh, enjoy this. This is, this is pretty good. Byron Donalds, uh, you haven't been in Congress that long, but I guess you've been in there long enough to see what's going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, you have an administration that is as crooked as anything I've ever seen. You have a Department of Justice that, in my view, is absolutely corrupt. The Durham report pointed that out. And you have a prosecutor who's a hitman. Uh, on the other side, they're all protecting Biden. You sit on this oversight committee. You see these front corporations. You see millions of dollars flowing through these corporations from foreign uh, governments. Have we been able to determine yet what's happened to all this money? Well, Mark, first, it's good to be with you. <clears throat> what we can determine is that the Biden spent all this money. You know, if you look at the testimony from Mr. Ziegler, who was the point person on the investigation, who started the investigation into Hunter Biden. One of his comments in his testimony to the Oversight Committee was that when they started looking into his bank records, they could see that he was living lavishly in, off of his corporate accounts. And I asked Mr. Ziegler and Mr. Shapley, if somebody's living lavishly off their corporate accounts and deducting all of this from their tax returns, is that signs of tax evasion to prompt an investigation? They both answered yes. And so that's what started this, this whole investigation back in 2018. And, and so your broader point, what is pretty clear now is that Hunter Biden was the facilitator for Jim Biden and Joe Biden. He was the one that was pulling all this money in. Everybody in the Biden family is either getting direct payments or their living expenses and their luxuriation is being covered by 
Hunter Biden or by one of these companies. And then the last piece of this is, is that the FBI knew about this. They, they were getting information from their confidential human source. IRS, the International uh, Tax Fraud Department, where Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler work, they were investigating this. And somewhere in Maine Justice, they were slow walking these investigations, stonewalling these investigations, letting the statute of limitations run out on these investigations. And in my, in my mind, that is clearly obstruction of justice from the Department of Justice. Do you think that's one of the reasons, and this is what I've stated, that the other day during this hearing, the Judiciary Committee with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., they threw every piece of mud they could at this guy. They viciously attacked even his family name. Uh, you don't have to agree with the guy, but the fact that he dares to take on Biden. And you see the hearing before uh, also in the committee that you sit in. Democrats did exactly the same. Not a single Democrat cares about any of this. Every one of them is covering up. Every single one of them is covering up for Joe Biden. So there we have Byron Donalds on the Eleven Show um, talking about the the corruption going on. He's he's kind of a pit bull about that stuff, man. He hasn't stopped about it. He talks about it all the time. Uh, so again, America First this week was Byron Donalds out of Florida, uh, and I'm really enjoying doing these segments. It's kind of teaching me even more about uh, people we got fighting on our side over here, man. Uh, you know, Joe, you got anything else you want to add about him? I know he's from kind of down there in your neck of the woods, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Good representation of here in Florida. We'll, we'll keep an eye on you. Thanks for being uh, American first so far, brother. So there we have a look at Byron Donalds from Florida. Uh, and that's going to uh, bring me to the very last uh, America first segment that I'm going to show tonight. And I saved my personal favorite for last this evening, my friends. And that would be Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Uh, he's one of my favorite people currently in American uh, politics and or justice. And I know he, he's one of y'all's as well. Um, can't really find a negative thing to say about the dude. He's absolutely America first. Uh, in my opinion, should be the, the chief justice. But, you know, hey, what do I know? I'm not um, a, a lawyer or, you know, legalese kind of mind. Um, but, yeah, this this guy is beloved by patriots and conservatives and Americans alike. And he's going to be our last segment for today. So th allow me to thank you, folks. Uh, one more time for joining me tonight and for your support of Eye of the Storm and your support of Badlands Media as well. I thank you guys so very, very much for your love and support um, of myself as well and of Stormy Patriot Joe and everybody over here at the Eye of the Storm team. I want to ask you guys to go down there and smash that like button one more time for me if you don't mind. And I want to uh, also remind you guys that you can go on over to badlandsmedia.tv slash boost and that, that will enable you to uh, financially support shows that you may be watching on a replay or maybe Rumble's having a hiccup and you're not able to leave a rant. And speaking of rants, if you guys are leaving any rants during this episode, since it is pre-recorded, I'll make sure to get to those rants uh, right off the bat on Tuesday's episode of Eye of the Storm. So <clears throat> I'm going uh, to leave you guys out with America First, Clarence Thomas, followed up by a Trump campaign video I made right about last year this time. So I hope you guys have a most blessed weekend. Hope you guys have enjoyed this show. And I will see you guys Tuesday night right back here for episode number 104 of Eye of the Storm. Be blessed, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you again for joining us this evening. We truly and deeply appreciate your support. For tonight's America First segment, we have decided upon the Honorable Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice. Um, I don't think there's a single person out there watching right now who would disagree with this one, nor who would have a disparaging word to say about Clarence Thomas. Uh, Clarence Thomas Clarence Thomas assumed office on October 23rd of 1991. He is currently the longest sitting member of the Supreme Court of the United States. He's regarded as the last sitting originalist and constitutionalist on the dais of the Supreme Court. He was, of course, preceded by Justice Thurgood Marshall. He is pro-free speech and Second Amendment. He also ruled in favor of removing Roe versus Wade. His wife, Jenny, is also one of those pesky QAnon supporters and was quite outspoken about the 2020 election, which Clarence Thomas took some heat for. And we've seen recently how badly they've been attacking Clarence Thomas. Um, Clarence Thomas is in my estimation, a damn national treasure. Um, I made this meme for him like shortly after getting the truth and to date, even including truth and Twitter, this is like my most famous meme ever. Like it got 20,000 plus likes. Like it was, it was amazing. This is like my, my most proud piece of work because I absolutely adore and respect the hell out of Clarence Thomas. Uh, so basically I've got a picture of Thomas here with a FAFO look on his face and, and the description and the, the, the meaning of the word patriot. Um, so I've assembled uh, a couple videos here for you guys uh, for, uh, from Clarence Thomas. The first one I'm going to play for you, uh, about five minutes long, and it's Clarence Thomas giving a speech a few years back uh, at a Lincoln dinner and describing uh, his thoughts on Abraham Lincoln and slavery um, and America's growing up process back then. So Ben, sit back and enjoy this one, friends. Um, always a pleasure to listen to Clarence Thomas speak. God knows he doesn't do it very often. I think the dude went like he had a stint of seven or eight years without saying a single word in the courtroom of the Supreme Court. He's known as the silent justice. So getting to hear him speak is definitely a treat. So enjoy this, friends. So great were Lincoln's fears about the act and its consequences that he decided to reenter politics running for the state legislature and campaigning for other anti-Nebraska Whigs. Lincoln spoke vehemently against slavery, giving nearly 200 speeches. Perhaps the best early example of these, which also previewed his later arguments, is his speech at Peoria in October of 1854, in which he rebutted a three-hour argument in favor of the Kansas-Nebraska Act by Senator Stephen Douglas, who led the efforts to pass the act in the Senate. Lincoln set out the basis for his vehement opposition to the inevitable expansion of slavery under this legislation. This declared indifference, he said, but as I must think, covert real zeal for the spread of slavery I cannot but hate. I hate it because of the monstrous injustice of slavery itself. I hate it because it deprives our Republican example of its just influence in the world, enables the enemies of free institutions with plausibility to taunt us as hypocrites, causes the real friends of freedom to doubt our sincerity and especially because it forces so many really good men amongst ourselves into an open war with the very fundamental principles of civil liberty, criticizing the Declaration of Independence and insisting that there is no right principle of action but 
self-interest. Douglas defended the act on the grounds of popular sovereignty, or as Lincoln's, Lincoln referred to, it, referred to it, squatter sovereignty, arguing that the people of each territory should not have their position on slavery dictated to them by the National Congress. Lincoln was not persuaded. The doctrine of self-government, he said, absolutely and eternally right, but it has no just application as here attempted. Or perhaps I should rather say that whether it has such just application depends upon whether a Negro is not or is a man. If he is not a man, why in that case, he who is a man may, as a matter of self-government, do just as he pleases with him. But if the Negro is a man, is it not to that extent a total destruction of self-government to say that he too shall not govern himself? When the white man governs himself, that is self-government. But when he governs himself and also governs another man, that is more than self-government. That is despotism. If the Negro is a man, why then my ancient faith teaches me that all men are created equal and that there can be no moral right in connection with one man's making a slave of another. Impassioned, Lincoln continued, what I do say is that no man is good enough to govern another man without that other's consent. I say this is the leading principle, the sheet anchor of American republicanism. Our Declaration of Independence says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. To Lincoln, then, slavery was an evil that deviated from this principle, and thus from the course set by the founders in the Declaration of Independence. In 1858, the Republican Party that Lincoln helped found to oppose slavery nominated him to run for the U.S. Senate against Douglas. Upon accepting the nomination, Lincoln reiterated his view of the enormous consequences of the spread of slavery on the future of the Union. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half slave and half free. I do not expect the Union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall but I do expect it will cease to be divided. It will become all one thing or all the other. It's a little bit 
from Clarence Thomas reading his favorite piece from Abraham Lincoln. And I have another small, uh, shorter video from Clarence Thomas. Um, it was actually a couple months back, I believe, when he said this, but he was speaking on cancel culture. So let's go ahead and have a listen to Justice Thomas's words on cancel culture. They refuse to believe a lot of things. It's really, isn't that fascinating? I have to, I have to have discussed it because they wanted me had to have discussed it. It goes back to the thing about affirmative action. You have to believe in affirmative action because we think you ought to believe in affirmative action. Well, how's that different from slavery? How's that different from segregation? How's that different from being told you can't walk across that park? Oh, you can't think those thoughts. How's that any different? You know what? I'd prefer to be excluded from the park because I can live my life quite freely without having set foot in a park. But you can't live it freely without having your own thoughts. I felt as though in my life I had been looking at the wrong people as the people who would be problematic toward me. We were told that, oh, it's going to be the bigot in the pickup truck. It's going to be uh, the Klansman. It's going to be... Uh, the rural sheriff, and I'm not saying that there weren't some of those who were bad, but it turned out that through all of that, ultimately the biggest impediment was the modern-day liberal, that they were the ones who would discount all those things because they have one issue or because they can, they have the authority, the power to caricature you. I, Joe, I cannot for the life of me figure out why the left and deep state continuously attacks this guy. I just cannot figure it out. Do you maybe have a clue why they constantly go after Clarence Thomas? I, I just, no, I'm clueless no over here. Yeah, he's not like uh, taking away all their talking points or anything. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I, I'd come across a post from uh, Flynn some ages ago. Uh, I think it was back over the summer when they were uh, accusing Thomas of being this monster. And Flynn shared a picture of Thomas. He said, uh, oh, look, I found the monster in his natural habitat. And it was Clarence yeah, yeah. Thomas laying reeds at Arlington National Cemetery the prior Christmas, as he does every single year without any kind of fanfare or anything of the sort. Mm -hmm. uh, and just for some kecks and giggles, this is one I had made when Roe yeah. versus Wade was overturned. Um so, yeah, uh, Clarence Thomas is arguably one of my favorite figures in American history. If you don't know a lot about him, he literally came up from an exceptionally poor upbringing. Um, he was illiterate at one point. He was a severely bad stutterer, and he's actually severely dyslexic. Um, and that's actually why he chose to major in English lit and literature, uh, as a matter of fact, because he figured if he chose um, majors that were based in the language, that it would help him defeat his stuttering and his his uh, dyslexia and it certainly has. So um, I don't know that there's a more powerful figure right now in, in the court systems than, than justice Thomas. And I'm sure I'm not the only person with the following opinion. He needs to be the chief justice of the Supreme court, not John Roberts. So um, once again, Clarence Thomas tonight's America first feature here on eye of the storm uh, hats off to you, Mr. Thomas, a Patriot of the highest order is an honor to feature you this evening. Joe, do you have anything else further you would like to add uh, for justice Thomas? No, great patriot and great job uh, going through his history and playing some of those videos. And I loved your memes as well. So uh, <laughs> great job framing, uh, you know, his his background and everything of that nature. And I, yeah, I really like that he challenged himself like that. 
that's uh that, that's something like I, I try to do in my personal life as well is is if there's an area of improvement I try to make that the focus to improve upon and, and he certainly has done it man yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it came, it was a toss up between the, uh, the Lincoln speech video and another one that I had found. It was a, um, it wasn't 60 minutes, but it was another one of those shows. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but it was like a five or six minute piece, um, explaining why Clarence Thomas left the black power movement in the sixties and early seventies. Um, and it was because in, in Thomas's own words, it was because he saw himself, uh, buying into the, the hatred of a mob without any real reason for the hatred other than being hateful. Um, they had lost kind of in his words, they lost the plot. They lost the reason that they were protesting and fighting for equal rights. And they had just become consumed with hatred and hating everything that was white. Um, and that wasn't Thomas. And that was why he chose to leave the black power movement. Um, he's a very, very interesting figure. He's, um, he's kind of contradictory a lot, but in, in a pretty eloquent way and in a way that, uh, almost uh, I've kind of learned off of him in that way that like, it's okay to reverse an opinion or it's okay to reverse a belief if you're presented with something else that, that contradicts that. And, um, he's, he's kind of been a stalwart for that. And of course, as I said, he's, um, a constitutionalist first and foremost, and we need more of those in the court system right now. I don't called a monster and he was a monster and he's no longer a monster he's dead and that's a good thing for a lot of countries Test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. 
How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? When the victory is near and few other hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win. strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. In Jesus' name, 
Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the whole armor of God. Friends, first off, thank you so very much for joining us. We truly and deeply appreciate your continued support and love shown to us here at Badlands Media. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video and help get this show on the Rumble leaderboard. Another way you can support Badlands for free, become a Badlander. How do you do that? Head on over to badlandsmedia.tv, click connect from the top menu, and then click be a Badlander. Once you're registered, you can download clips from your favorite Badlands shows to share on your social media accounts. You can also print out flyers and stickers that you can hand out at an event and more. Let's keep growing our community because we are the news now and we take that very seriously. Thank you again from Badlands for your support and your love. It is appreciated more than you know.